We need it. A run that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. Today is September the 17th. It is Friday, baby. This long weekend is finally at the end. Hopefully, you don't have to work this weekend. That would fucking suck. But I am glad that majority of us are out and about. Hopefully, you're playing some Deathloop. Maybe you're watching some What If. Maybe you're watching some Shang-Chi. Uh, maybe there's something else I don't even know about that you're doing. So, uh, just have fun this weekend. Keep your spirits up. Stay positive. If you're going through some shit, things are going to be okay. And if you're having a rough week, don't worry. It's going to get better. Uh, but for now, it's going to get worse, dude, because we are joined by the one, the only, Titty Boy, a.k.a. Jaden from the Hi, I'm Jay podcast. Hello. Uh, wait a second. I'm back on here. What What it be? What it do? What's up, Jay? What, what a Scooby-Doo? Hey, what's up, Joe gang? What's up, Joe? Man, I'm so hyped to be back on the show after oh, Joe, Joe Man, Joe Man, hmm, Man Joe, Man Joe Man. Man-Joe I'm so hyped man. to be on the pod after like a week, and uh, Joe doesn't like the the you know Joe Man whatever. Man Joe Man. Uh, I'm so hyped to be on here, and there's a lot. There's a lot. I feel like there's there there's a huh. There's a lot to talk about. I feel like, and the last episode we had. We kind of didn't have time for it, but did we? Did you talk about Shang Chi yet, yet on your pod? No. Do you want to talk about it this episode? Will you ever let me host? Will I'm you just, ever right, let me host? I'm Every time you're on, you try to lead the show. <laughs> I'm the host. Yes, you're I love. Co-host. I love you're, being a bad host. You're dude. the side saddle. I'm just trying to ask you questions. You're the fucking. You're backup. shutting it down. You're the guy we you're call. You're fucking him. stabbing that dead horse. Just. You're the guy we call whenever we need backup. All right then. Okay. And we don't need backup right now. If that's true, I will back up this podcast by derailing it as much as I can. Let's not do that. So okay. the main thing was, this is a Shang-Chi review episode. That's what the plan was. But Jay tried to take the lead and act like it's his idea, which is not. Uh, Definitely not. I was trying to ask you but about no, it, man. No, it's okay. We're going to do it this episode because I was planning on doing it this episode. How, how, how about this episode you started? Hey, Joe. What are we going to talk about this episode? I don't know. You lead the way, man. Uh, you want, you want to talk about Shang-Chi? What the fuck are you doing, <laughs> dude? I just said don't lead the episode. Fuck. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let's reset. Hey, Joe, what are we going to talk about this episode? Hmm. Let me think about it. Do you want to talk about Sh- Shang-Chi? Fuck. I did it again. I can't stop ruining your podcast. Why? No, I don't want to talk about Shang-Chi. What the? What? So what have you been up to? Uh, a whole lot of nothing, man. I've had a lazy ass week. I've just been like, I don't know. My, uh, mental health has been like, I've had a low mental health week. So I've just kind of been more reclusive than usual and, uh, a little bit more in my head and more secluded and recluded. So I've just been kind of at home eating food and playing games and going to work. I don't get what's, uh, what's bad about that though. Eh, I, I didn't do my podcast as much as I would like to this week. And yeah, there was multiple days this week you said you were going to come over. Yep, and as I explained, this week is a uh, low mental health week, and that is okay, Joe. So you're blaming it on mental health? Yes. Because I believe on some of those days you were talking about playing WoW all night. 
instead. I don't even play WoW, WoW anymore. Mm. My hyperfixation, hyper ADHD hyperfixation is off WoW, and you know that. It's on Pokemon. Actually, it just ended on Pokemon. Ooh, dude. I saw a... Uh, the fuck was it? It was like a little gif of the Diamond and Pearl shit. And I was like, I can't wait to be in there. I'm I'm hyped for that too. But you know what's what is stupid that people are doing? What is they're so stri- they're so starved for like news about it that they're just like, uh, they they revealed uh Starly doing a wing attack, and that's news. It's like, oh my god, that's not news. It's a it's a Pokemon that's obviously in Gen Four. Yeah, and that's a move that's obviously going to be in the game. Yeah. It's like it's not news at all. Yeah, it's literally a remake. Yeah, it's gonna have all that shit in there. Uh, if it was uh, newsworthy, would be like, what are they gonna do with all the new Pokemon? Yeah, like newsworthy would be, uh, hey, they're unlocking the Pokédex for all Pokemon to be traded, mm-hmm. just not all of them from this gen will be catchable or something. I don't know. Or it were like a new Pokemon reveal, which I think they'll have some new Pokemon in the game. Do you really think so? I think they'll do it in Arceus, maybe. Actually, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. Because in the past remakes, they didn't have new Pokemon in it, like Heart Gold, Soul Silver. There's no new Pokemon. But they did include like Gen 4 Pokemon in that game. So. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about if they're going to do that with this one. If they're going to add... Uh, well, I mean, they, they would have to add a lot, but I think uh, it'd be interesting to see like Sobble and shit in there. Mm-hmm. be kind of cool. Yeah, like the... the In terms of remakes, the newest thing they ever added was like Mega Forms and like new storylines. Yeah. Um, obviously, they didn't do a Pokemon Emerald remake, which would have been fantastic, but they squeezed a new storyline for Emerald... Uh, into Omega Ruby, Ruby and Alpha Sapphire called the Delta episode. Yeah. And that's kind of how they handled Rayquaza and all that shit, Deoxys and shit. So that's whatever. And that's an example of something new that we can have. And also they had new mega forms in those games. So maybe something related to new types of regional forms of newer Pokemon, which I think would be a cool idea. Like maybe this time around you discover a whole new area that has like a Pokemon from Gen 7. Or that Gen six, cool. that'd be super cool. Yeah, even light crossovers with the new gen would be kind of interesting. Um, so, what have you been playing lately? Have you been playing anything? Um, I've been playing. A, I've been on Pokemon Heart Gold actually. Really? Uh, yeah, I recently got some Japanese. Or in January, I got like a Japanese copy of Heart Gold and Platinum. So I've been going through my Heart Gold version. I have a little. Uh, cheat called a cute charm glitch on there to where it makes it more likely to run into shiny Pokemon. So it may, that's what's the main draw about it is for me, replaying that old game. Uh, not to say it isn't a great game, but that's the main reason why I'm playing it. So I've been just replaying that. And it's been gravy. I just, it's just been kind of like something I need for like a time killer, like while I'm watching something or anything like that. Uh, I've been playing Cold War with y'all, which is... How is that still fun? I don't know. So, what's the why it is Call of Duty games so appealing? Ninety ninety percent of the time, that ten percent being ghosts. I think it's more just like a, and the, if they're not entertaining in terms of story or zombies, if you don't like find entertainment in that, I think it's a, a easily grindable game to kind of be a podcast substitute. Yeah, like, and. The sounds are a major part of it. I feel like the sound design on Call of Duty is something they nail every single time because the 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 action of like shooting somebody is going around sounds sociopathic, psychopathic, 
So shall pass. So I don't know. So shall your pass. Oh, so I don't know where the fuck my mind was going in that moment. You shut down for a second. I know. I said so. Uh, it's it's gonna sound so psychopathic, but the feeling of killing somebody is so like I'm trying to find a synonym for satisfying. Uh, Just say satisfying. Satisfying. <laughs> well, I don't want to sound like a broken rocker, but yeah, it's it's so satisfying how they design the sound sound in those games. Like the hit markers are a major part, and uh, the guns. Because when you boil it down, it's all just the same shit. It's just like. I don't know. It's just all the same shit. You're shooting a gun, and it makes yeah. a sound, and you get XP, and then you level up, then you get like a little calling card, and then new guns. See, yeah, I think that's, that's it. what it is that keeps it addicting is the progression, because you're constantly working towards something. If you, if you pay attention to that kind of shit, you either mindlessly just want to get wins, like I sometimes do with gun game, or if you have something you want to work towards, like a nail gun, like I've been trying to get the gold skin for that. Or uh, if you're trying to unlock another gun, or you know how each gun has a requirement to unlock it, you have that. You have like the challenges to unlock your battle pass a little more. So there's like constantly progression you're working towards. Yeah. I think if they didn't have any of that, it wouldn't be as popular. I agree. Yeah. The sense of achievement you get when you unlock a new gun is really something. So I've been playing Deathloop and I've been digging it. So. How far, how, what percentage wise, how far are you into the game? Not far at all. I, I got first, the first, I got first, I got past the first loop. And then uh, at the beginning of the second loop, it unlocks the ability to invade other people's games as the Juliana character. Dark Souls? And uh, it's pretty much that. Yeah. It literally like locks off the area so they can't go anywhere else until they kill you or they hack this little antenna. Hmm. Uh, I killed my first guy. I, it was so weird. Like, I think he had a, a, they have this thing where you can kind of, disguise yourself as an NPC. Yeah. So it looked like he did that, but he was like hiding. He was like crouch walking everywhere. So I was like walking around. I see this character crouch walking. I was like, is that him? And I run up on him and I see his like, him like moving around, inching, like looking left and right and like looking at me. Cause I was just disguised as well. So he couldn't tell me, he could <laughs> tell I was the girl. Uh, and then it started lighting his ass up. And he wasn't ready for it. And then, uh, I, that was his last life. So it, uh, it counted as a win. I want to try it. It sounds real fun. Yeah, it's very satisfying. You know, you got the haptics on there. The story is very interesting. The character's dope. He's like a black dynamite character. And then uh, the gameplay is fun. Like, you can just kind of go guns blazing or you can be stealthy like Dishonored. It's uh, it's legit. And then I've also been playing Call of Duty and I've been playing a lot of Trials HD from the 360. Oh, really? Yeah, it's real weird. I've been, I've been trying to like... That's old. I've been trying to destroy, demolish group scores and you have been joe i have the the leaderboards obviously since no one's played them since 2011 they they've been been getting light up by you i've been brushing the dust off them bitches that's for sure some of them are frustrating as shit because trials hd wasn't as fine-tuned as the new one so like it's kind of wonky for instance there's one where you're in a ball and you're on the bike in the ball and your goal is like drive the ball like a hamster so Mm -hmm. you got to keep like driving uh, and it'll randomly get stuck on like geometry and then it'll like flip you over inside the ball and you'll die. So it's, it's fucking dumb, but, uh, fighting through those is kind of like the joy of it. You got to get past to get the scores. Can you pause real quick? And that's all I've really been playing though. That's, uh, haven't had a lot of time cause I've been doing overtime. 
So that's been fun. That sounds super fun. I'm about to be on that life, brother. That sleep has been hitting different. I'll tell you what. Oh. All you podcast listeners hearing me get on this podcast, being on loopy all week. <laughs> I'm pretty sane today because I didn't have OT, but damn. I, that sleep that sleep last night, it I was out like a light. Hit different. Hit Dude, very I, different. I've been napping after work, and it's such a bad habit because it fucks up your sleep schedule. But, man. I can't do it. That shit feel like it I, it just traps you because like one minute you're on the bed just watching tiktoks and shit then the next you're dreaming about fighting your uh past landlord with your dad and shit like that see i don't i don't even go to my bed at all until it's bedtime really yeah i don't i don't like i feel like i waste my day if i fall asleep during the day oh me too yeah you know what i'm saying unless i get like unless i get like three hours of sleep or some weird scenario then i'll definitely need sleep but um for the most part, I get like seven, seven hours, and mm-hmm. I, I can run on that, no problem. But, but yeah, that those naps be hitting different, and I'm about to, I'm about to learn the power of OT because I just got promoted at work to what Congrats. Joe's doing, yep. and uh, it's gonna be so fun learning a fucking new program. What have I been reading? Books, Helsing, One Punch Man, been lovely. What have you been reading? Have you read anything? Nope. Besides TikToks. All right. So I'm not going to get into what we've been watching because that's the whole theme of the episode. Yep. This episode is a Shang-Chi review. Uh, we've waited a week and a half or two weeks. How long has it been? I think it's two weeks now. Two weeks, yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi is the new Marvel movie involving Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And it's basically about a uh, origin story about Shang-Chi and how he gets brought in. Of course, this is an old character from like the what 70s or 80s. And he had a lot of racial uh insensitive stuff in his origin in the comics that they could not put in the movies at all yeah i heard they rewrote all that shit yeah like like, mandarin was a different person entirely they had like fu manchu in the in the in the comics and shit like it was very racially charged things that just do not fly today so the way they circumvented that was pretty interesting but all in all what did you think of the movie Man, this movie blew my tits off in the uh, movie theater. By the way, we're going to stay spoiler-free for the first half. Okay. Uh, In terms of recent Marvel movies, this is probably my favorite. Uh, Like, out of, like, Black Widow and this this one, I'll choose this one for sure. It brings... I've been waiting for an origin story that is actually captivating for so long. Like, I love... That we are finally finally being like witnessing a new character in the in the Marvel movie that has their own movie, like it's been. If you think about it, it's been so long since we've had that. Like, yeah, because Black Widow, we already knew about Black Widow. I think the last was like Captain Marvel. Yeah, it was like Captain Marvel. When was that? Like two years ago, two or three. Yeah, so it's been a while, man. And this one is so cool because it just doesn't have anything to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. Because it's just his own story and his like, and just the legend of the Ten Rings, and yeah. I think they did a great. They, it's a uh, motives, it's inspirations is what I'm trying to say is are amazing in the movie. Like I like how much family they developed, and I like how how many inspirations it took from like Chinese mythology and all that stuff, and it's just. All in all, a great homage to a great character, and I'm glad. I'm ex- I'm very excited to see how he does in future movies. Yeah, I think they did a great job with it. I think, uh, I think for the most part, the movie kept its pacing very well. 
Like it felt like it, it kind of felt like an origin, but it kind of also didn't because, and this is, this is very early in the movie and kind of assumed, but they don't really, they show glimpses of him training and becoming Shang-Chi, but technically when you first see him in the movie, he's Shang-Chi. He has the power pretty much. Mm-hmm. He, the only thing he doesn't have is 10 rings or any mythical thing. He just, he's really fucking strong and trained. Yeah. Was, uh, very good at karate or Kung Fu. What is it? He's supposed uh, to be the master of Kung Fu. Uh, some martial arts form. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like already there technically, uh, physically at least. So he's like hiding out in America and, uh, the way they played his whole origin is actually very interesting. I like how it's kind of based on him escaping his past and then the whole movie is kind of pushing him into his past again Mm -hmm. because he's literally going right back to where it all started. So, uh... While it is an origin, it's also like similar to Black Widow, how she kind of went back and dealt with things that were from her past, like her family, mm-hmm. you know, her sister, um, certain enemies, certain uh, her the the blood on her ledger, whatever the fuck she always says. Um, so this movie did it great. I think I think for an origin movie too, it it didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't. It wasn't like too cheesy. Um, cause if you know, like most origin stories, they spend a lot of time on exposition and struggle and all this, this, this was more like emotional struggle and, um, uh, kind of like finding, finding his place in the, in the, where it like fits in the universe, but it's not necessarily an internal struggle. It's more like he's dealing with a lot of people who are part of his come up. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's very, very interesting how they did it. And I love the movie. Um, yeah. And I think, I think from here we can kind of go into some characters. What did you think of Aquafina's character? See, that's, that's something I was going to bring up is I love her character because she's a prime example of Shang-Chi's, uh, present. Right. Yeah. And she's, she's, I love these kind of characters in Marvel movies because they're great exposition tools because they are pretty much us. They don't know a single fucking thing that's happening. So it's a, it's a brilliant way for the writers to like explain to the readers or watchers, and explain to Aquafina like what the fuck's going on. So I I think it's I think she, they played her off really well, and she surprisingly wasn't as annoying as I thought she'd be. She's not really that. I don't really find her that entertaining in other prospects, but she was really good in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I actually liked her, and I, I like that they they have that character because it makes it so fluid with the whole story. Like it doesn't feel like, uh, it just doesn't feel jarring to, to stop and explain shit. Yeah. Cause, right. Cause she, Cause she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I think, I think I, I think you hit it on the head there. It's kind of, she's kind of like the tie to the audience and the tie to the modern. Mm-hmm. So where, uh, Shang Chi's present where he's comfortable and it's his home and the modern day, she's that home. And she's also like us in a way because we're also relating to her more because we're like, if I saw a dragon, I'd be like, what the fuck? Or if I saw this, I'd you know, somebody yeah. he all of a sudden beat somebody up on a train near the beginning, and that's like or a whatever a, a trolley, um, and that kind of leads to her finding out about like, holy shit, you're not who you who you thought who I thought you were. Uh, so her character was like, obviously she did some of the cheesy line deliveries some of the jokes and i think that's what her character was mainly made for but she served more than that in the movie than just that which was awesome Mm -hmm. because 
it's different when you actually get a character that's just sitting there doing jokes the whole time, one-liners, and yeah. you're like, come on, there's something serious going on. But she's kind of like, she'll get really serious with him or relate to him, uh, comfort him, and then she'll also rip jokes and kind of lighten him up whenever he's feeling down. Like, uh, she serves more of a purpose than just being that dumb sidekick, which yeah. I thought was great. And while we're talking about characters, would you want to start getting into spoiler territory? Because there's a character that I want to mention that his whole arc throughout the whole movie was fantastic. Not yet. <laughs> uh, let, let's just keep it spoiler free for now. We'll get into the more spoilery ones. And I think I know who you're talking about. Um, so what did you think of the sister? His uh, Shang-Chi's sister? She surprisingly... Uh, she was fucking dope. She, she, I love how she was her own boss and she took a different turn than Shang-Chi did. Where instead of like steering away from that life, she fucking just dove head first and made her own shit and uh, almost gave a spoiler. And yeah, it kind of show. I love that. Like she was just like a strong ass care, female version of Shang-Chi. Yeah. And that, but like on a different, on a different side of the coin. And she also like, she also had a very similar struggle to Shang-Chi in the sense that the, the parents or the parental figures weren't really there kind of, uh, disowning in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously they're more supportive of Shang-Chi, but, uh, her being a girl in China was like a different, whole different thing. So the fact that she got to like, not spoiler, but like, got to have her own route in her life. But it, it wasn't like we didn't need a whole story for it. Yeah. Hers is very plain. Her dad and her parents didn't really want her to be more than just a, a woman. And as she grew up, she kind of made her own herself into like her own woman. So. Yeah. That's her story. Like, there's no nothing more you need from that, but you can definitely see the way she looks at her dad and the way she, like, looks at Shang-Chi as a representation of her dad. It's kind of like you can see her kind of look at them and be, like, kind of be resentful to, like, mm-hmm. get close to any of them. Uh, yeah. And you definitely see that in the movie. Um, what did you think of... Who else was in there? I'm trying to think. I guess, what did you think of the dad without getting into spoilers? Yeah, he was my he was my favorite character of the whole movie, right? Because of reasons I'll go over in the spoiler section. Just I love how they, I love how they like matured his story, and that I love I love his character development first of all, because there are certain aspects of the movie that just kind of I don't know, like it, it's hard to explain without going into spoilers. But pretty much, I, I love his character and I love the character development. They direction they went with it, yeah. And I'm glad he wasn't just like, I don't know. I'm glad that he wasn't like a villain, you know, kind of. He yeah. wasn't like just a obtuse villain. He actually yeah. had complexity to him. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I like about him from the beginning. It showed that his resolve was like one thing, and it never changed. Mm-hmm. He has one goal. He has very strict stances on everything, and when it comes to Shang Chi. When it comes to his own goal, when it comes to his wife, when it comes to his, his daughter, he holds that throughout the whole movie. And it's like, he's just, he's not really an asshole, but he's kind of like a, he's got his own goals in life. He's just like very like strict and play by the books type of dude. Yeah. Like no, no bullshit person. And he just kind of wants to, he's very selfish is I think that's the best way to describe him. Cause he, everything he wants to do in the movie is all about him and what he, what would make him happy. Versus other people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I like his character a lot because while he is very one-sided and his resolve never changes, he's also like a very old character. He's been around for thousands of years. And um, even with his like temperament and his personality staying the same, you can kind of see a slight change from like him going over the years. Because when they first show him, he's like ruthless, it feels like. Yeah. And then once he kind of runs into the wife and stuff, it kind of leads into more domestic lifestyle, uh, you know, being a little bit more lenient in things. And ultimately, um, kind of becoming a better person for a short period of time without getting this into spoilers, but uh, kind of keeping that same grit that he had. He didn't really um, become like some big family man. He just kind of became a husband. Mm-hmm. And that was really it. But, I mean, we can get into spoilers now if you want. I feel like we got enough of the main story out of the way um, for the people who haven't seen it and want to see it. So, Bet. before we get into spoilers, I think it's fair to say we both highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Go, going to watch it. Especially if you're a Marvel fan, go check it out. And if you're not a Marvel fan, go check it out. Because it doesn't really tie a lot to the Marvel movies um until like the post cred and then the uh you know a couple cameos but they're not enough to kind of make you be like what the fuck is going on it's it's just side stuff so go check it out if you haven't seen it and we're starting spoilers in three two one yeah uh, like i was gonna say in the character section his his dad is probably my favorite part in that like like you said he was so fucking vicious because it starts off by him showing, or them showing him just like fucking people up in like the Roman times, and I love how they played, how they portrayed him being immortal essentially with the rings, because um, they showed him super young, he was just fucking up people, like it was unfair, like how much he was fucking up people. It was kind of unstoppable. Yeah, and then I, I wondered why he was like a little, bit, he looked a little bit older in modern times. And then they explained like he took off the rings, and so I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So I I, lo- I just love that his whole attitude stems from that him being just immortal and just being like, "Eh, I mean, like you know, I'm just gonna get this shit done. No- nothing can really kill me, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. anyway." Um, and I I really liked I really enjoyed the arc of him going pretty much insane almost mm-hmm. from the voices and shit. And um, if I had a choice. I wish he would have... Actually, no, I wouldn't have changed anything. I thought it was great how he kind of snapped to his senses at the last moment and swapped the rings over to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a super cool sacrifice type scene. Yeah, it was redeeming to to his character because you kind of knew deep down he wasn't a total asshole. And that's kind of why I said then the non-spoiler part because he showed a lot of signs of him caring for Shang-Chi and his family, but obviously... It's not a very uh, compassionate family. Like, they're yeah. just straight up like, I love you, but do your own thing kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, when it came to that end part, he's kind of just like, he's like, you're a, you're a better man right now, so just take it. And he kind of recognized his error at that last second. Mm-hmm. And boy, when he gave him the fucking rainbow, I tell you what, during that Dragon Ball goddamn movie, I tell you what, boy, right there, boy. I thought they're gonna do the transfer of the rings by him fighting him. I thought that's what he was gonna. He was like, that's why he was doing that shit. Like mm-hmm. when he was posing, I didn't expect him to drop him. I was like, damn. See, I figured they're gonna transfer it because I was wondering how how he was um how in the trailer Shang Chi had five and he had five. 
Yeah. Because they, they did that scene where they're like, they shoot it at each other and they're like holding each other by like the end of it, you know, the mm-hmm. chain or whatever of rings they do. Uh, and I also thought it was dope that Shang-Chi adapted his mom's life or uh, combat style yeah. to kind of counteract his just like she did in the in the woods. Um, and I think uh, I think kind of how they transitioned from like that being the main focus to something bigger, mm-hmm. uh, like the whole dragon stuff going on. It kind of proved like, okay, your personal problems are out of your way. So this is what kind of made it less of an origin film and more of just a Shang-Chi movie where they kind of go in and say, okay, you're past the point with your dad. That could have easily been the first movie. The second movie could have been, oh, no, your mom's place is under attack. We need to go do that. But they put him in both. So he immediately gets redemption for, or he gets a closure to his, his origin. Mm-hmm. He gets the Ten Rings, and he is now full-powered Shang-Chi with fucking Ten Rings. With his mom's art or uh, battle arts and his dad's battle arts, yeah, put together, so that this is like the complete magnum opus of what he needed to be. Then the the remnants of that is the soul sucker and the dragon fighting. Uh, the soul sucker trying to suck souls from like every single person in that village, and then uh, that kind of being the Shang Chi movie like. What kind of makes it separate from an origin? Because at that point, he's powered up. Yeah. And he had already closed out the, the dad story. So he's going to fight another force as just Shang-Chi himself. And whenever they do the, the dragon battle at the end, I thought the CG was going nuts. I, I, would not, I was not expecting that much CG at all. Did you? No, not at all. <laughs> no, it I, thought it crazy. Gonna, I thought it was going to be a more practical movie like the first half where it was just like fighting and hands-on shit. But yeah. Man, I, I loved to see it, and I love. I like. I understand that it's a Marvel movie, and they can't really show blood or anything, and they can't show anybody actually dying by mm-hmm. like stabs and shit, unless they don't show the stab. Right. So I like the whole soul soul sucking thing, and it looked epic. I mean, when he grabbed that fucking uh, archer dude and dude, just fucking took it out of him, I was that like, Whoa. was so brutal. I was like, oh, because I didn't. I thought he was gonna live. Yeah, but he got. He got. They all got fucked up. Yeah, the people who got sucked, they like they didn't come back. No, <laughs> they just, were dead. They're just dead, dead. Which and, I'm glad. Yeah, and I love, no. I loved when the, the soul sucker was actually taking the dragon soul. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that, but that was like a nice little plot point. They're like, oh no, if it takes this guard, this guardian's soul, then it's fucking, it's mm-hmm. over. This is like, you know, he's got two big souls in him, pretty much, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go fucking fuck everybody up. So seeing it come out of the dragon's body like slowly, I thought that was sick. I, and, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. We can grab. Uh, I was gonna say like uh, when they fucked up, like preventing him from doing the dra- getting the dragon. So I was like, oh shit, that's in the movie. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna take it. And I, I did think the arrow from Aquafina was a little silly. Yeah, I think that's my one, no pun intended, my one drawback. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing I was like, I get it. You know, they didn't really. I guess they kind of specified how much time they had before the dad showed up, but even still, I, I think her never picking up a, a, a bow and then all of a sudden picking up a bow there. Yeah, she might she might have learned it, but even still, it, just thinking about it like realistically, it's kind of lazy writing a little. That's bit. like that's like somebody going, "Here's a bow, let's go to a skyscraper, and you got to go shoot floor seventy five in the window, mm-hmm. third floor." second office to the left like yeah it's like it's it's so impossible and at the beginning of the movie she didn't have any of that shit but at the end she could shoot a fucking that that fucking 
second office over floor 75, whatever the fuck. Well, that, not to That's mention, true. it's that during a tornado. Because both of those big-ass dragons were spinning around each other, flying in the middle. Oh, yeah. You know, That's they, true. They were causing a lot of wind. So, like, it was just like, come on. And then you got Shang-Chi over there moving wind, too, with his little rings and shit. There's all kind of wind in the area. So, it just it made that so unbelievable. And, like, however, with the, the mention of it in What If, I know it's not one-to-one, and people keep saying it's canon, which I don't think so. Uh, but they do mention absolute points with the Doctor Strange movie. So, maybe that was an absolute point. That could be maybe a mental gymnastic way to write it off. Mm. As not so lucky, but a point that was supposed to happen. She was probably made to, no matter what, hit that shot. So, I think it, what would have been a cool workaround if she, when the Archer dude died, she took command over his forces. We're like, hey, y'all, aim at that fucking point right there. Like, and, yeah, like everybody shoots at the same time. Yeah, and I think it would have been more cooler if like they didn't focus on exactly who shot that arrow more than like who as a collective shot those arrows. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would add in more to the story and then instead of just a single blind luck shot. But you maybe you're right. Maybe it's just like an absolute point, whatever the fuck. It could be and, and it's probably not, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's just a mm-hmm. mental gymnastic way to kinda like ease it up a little bit if you didn't wanna uh just say that was like the most unrealistic shit in a world where there's dragons fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's the most unrealistic thing. Um so to kind of close it off, um, I kind of wanted to. I guess we can lastly talk about the Mandarin, the fake Mandarin that they that oh, had yeah. a comeback in this movie. I totally forgot about him. Alongside yeah. Mo, what was it? Mo, Mori, Morg, Morg. Probably not Morg. But I think I think it was Morg or something Mort like that or something. Mort. Yeah, it was like the faceless bat chicken thing. That really threw me off guard. I wasn't. I think that was my first exposure to anything crazy CGI in that movie. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? I thought it was going to be like a like a dog or some shit. Speaking of dogs, those dragon dogs. What? Those dragon dogs. With the, like the dragon, the tigers. Oh, yeah. Those the, are the so big dragon sick. faces. Oh, my God. Big lion type yeah. things. Those are so cool. A lot of the animal designs in, in this movie were so sick. Yeah. So basically the whole Mandarin thing was... Uh, he's a fake Mandarin. In Iron Man 3, you see him. He's the one causing havoc. And then in Iron Man 3, you find out he's a actor and he was paid to do this and act like the Mandarin because nobody knows who the Mandarin is at the time. They don't know it's this immortal being over in China. They've only heard myths about him because he's a legend. Mm. Um, so he realizes that. Iron Man takes down the head dude, Killian, whatever his name was. And then uh, the real Mandarin finds out he was faking him and kidnaps him and he was going to kill him or whatever but he said a joke or something like that <laughs> he it? started performing Macbeth that was it and you, then they were also entertained that kept him alive I was like that's that's, that's hilarious <laughs> and then like yeah it really goes to his character because his whole character is literally he's just an actor and yeah. he got caught up in some real shit kind of like Tropic Thunder yeah he was just like I, I, lo- I love what they did with him and I love how I love how he didn't get a heroic moment really in this movie. Yeah, he that's, was a- <laughs> that's perfectly his character. He's supposed to be like a like a normal dude. He's supposed to be no special powers. He's just an actor. Yeah. So like when he was acting dead, I thought that was yeah. And then the the little dog Mort thing. Yeah, acted dead. That was great. Ah, uh, yeah. And also, I want to give an uh, extra shout out to like because I was just thinking about it while we were talking about the uh, finale. Uh, I realized that the dad is kind of like. Like a, 
Like seeing him on screen was kind of the highlight for the movie because just everything he said was so fucking cool. Mm. Like when he was first fighting Shang Chi towards the end, there's a line that sticks out to me. He's uh, Shang Chi's like, "I'm not afraid of you," and while they're like fighting or some mm. shit, and he's like, "Yes, you are." And oh, I was yeah. like, "Ooh, that's a dope ass line." And he fucking punches the shit out of him. Yeah, sends him to the bottom of the lake. Oh yeah, that was like the first like Dragon Ball moment. Yeah, I was he, like, he hits this guy, he goes flying across into the lake. He like, like he, a bullet, and he is down for the count too. He is like out. Yeah, he had to like have an awakening moment underwater with the dragon mm-hmm. to get out of there. Yeah, that, th- there's that, and also the scene where he's punching. So, uh, I mean, if you're in spoiler territory, you you might have watched this movie already, but if you, if you haven't, the whole plot is just like there's this giant hole in this village that's. Uh, feeding voices to his head, convincing him to open it up to so the like, dad. Yeah, to the dad. Convincing him to open it up so an evil dragon can consume the world or whatever the fuck. Um so like he's trying to bust it open. He's punching the shit out of it with his rings. And there's a scene there's a shot where uh he he has five rings on each arm and then he slams his fist together and puts all all ten on one arm and just like does like a super punch. Oh, and yeah. that was so sick to see like to see how like he can like divide him up and like group him together and just use it all at once. I was like, that was so sick. Yeah, I love the use of the rings and how they like they could do like kind of like when he charges it up at the beginning when it shows him in the past and it's mm-hmm. in all in the tra- all the trailers where he like shoots it down on the ground. Yeah, and he, they kind of make like air swords with the the blades kind of or with the rings mm-hmm. uh, or like chains even when he was fighting Shang Chi. They were kind of like hooking on each other and yeah. like pulling. Uh, that shit was awesome. Um, but I think a perfect way to close this whole podcast is we got to talk about the post creds. So I was just about to bring that up, yeah. So the first post cred, you get to see Bruce Banner, uh, Captain Marvel, and uh, who, is, who else was there? Uh, Wong. Wong, that was it. Wong is showing Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner, or they're basically all talking about how when the Ten Rings were used, it emitted something. That kind of like signaled everybody in the universe or something like that. Um, uh, uh, oh, it like it left off like a nexus fucking reverberance. In it the was universe. a beacon. That's a what beacon. It was. Yeah. yeah. So they're referring to it as a beacon, and they show they zoom in on the tech of it, and they said this thing is super ancient. So they're like, "Where did you get these rings?" And he's like, "My dad had it. I don't know. It's super old." And uh, basically, they're hinting that the ten rings are way more important and way mm. older and ancient. And could mean a lot more for the MCU now that it is in the hands of the MCU, pretty much. And at one part I loved about the post credit scene is that Wong basically broke it down for Shang-Chi and was like, listen, your life will never be the same from this point on. It's going to be rough as hell. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shit in the future that you're not going to like, you know, pretty much saying like, you could die. People you know could die. This shit is super messy, but just be prepared for it. Go get some sleep or whatever the fuck. And also, I love how they explained the lore of the rings, too. How they were like... I love how they specified that Wong didn't know what the hell they were. Like yeah. he, he was like, this isn't like one of our uh, artifacts. This isn't one of our special weapons that we use or whatever. This is completely different. Yeah. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad it was Wong, too. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, like, Doctor Strange delivering it would have sounded different would have implied different things, but Wong explaining it and actually spending screen time, uh, it was actually kind of nice because he actually got to, uh, like even him saying that your life's not going to be the same, mm-hmm. it's kind of him saying, 
I've seen all this shit. Like he's witnessed it all. He's his best friend is the smartest guy in the universe. Yeah. In multiple universes. He's the so, fucking sorcerer supreme. Yeah, he's a yeah. sorcerer supreme. So it's like what it's it's interesting hearing his take to a new person, a new recruit, going, This shit is kinda fucked, but you're supposed to be here. Yeah. And well, there's no way to end it. So you might as well just get ready for the ride and it's gonna happen. And that was I thought that part was like so sick. And uh like I said, him being the right hand man, it's kinda just like if he doesn't know what it is, he's kind of also implying that Doctor Strange might not know what it is either. Yeah, he's kinda implying that like this is out of their pay grade and like Yeah. So and he's pretty much just saying, like, look, whatever whatever comes from this, we don't know. We don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever the fuck. And I think the setup for a, a new potential new villain is so sick. And I'm kind of glad they didn't specify who, it, who's like, who it's beaconing out to. I think, do you think gonna, it's a villain? I think so. Yeah. It could it, be a hero. I think it's going to be a villain. And I think it's going to be some sort of like ancient force that the rings come from. I was thinking some type of celestial after, after, uh, Eternals introduce them. I feel like there's going to be... Because they've they shown him before in, what, Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Uh, in that little flashback that the Jeff Goldblum gives. Yeah, they showed it in, uh, I think, Guard- both Guardians movies. Or Guardians 1, at least. Uh, they showed it in Thor Ragnarok, and they're going to show it in Eternals. Yeah, so I'm wondering if it's, like, tied to that, or maybe it's just something further back. Maybe it's, like, Watcher tech. Who knows? What if it's, like, Galactus tech? Oh, I don't really could think be. it would, but it, it definitely could be. Yeah. Could be. I mean, he kind of like he can make people the herald. Yeah. Similar to that, like how he, he can just give people power. So and the power cosmic, it's kind of like bluish or it's, it's kind of like that kind of force power kind of shit. Yeah, like force glowy shit. Yeah. So uh, totally could be. Yeah, totally could be. I, I don't know. Uh, but one thing I do know is that the post credit, that was the mid credit. The post credit was. Uh, Shang Chi's sister becoming top dog in that fucking. She became the Mandarin. Yeah, I was she, like, she became the Mandarin pretty much, and that was that was fucking sick. Because when you look at her army, most of it's women. It, yeah. show, it shows mo- a lot of women, and then it shows some men in the back or whatever. But it, it definitely seems like she's creating a force of mostly female assassins, but all sexes, whatever genders, and. Uh, her where she's going like i wonder i cannot wait to see more of her because yeah. she was very like she wasn't very talkative in the movie I mean, mm. she did say some things she wasn't like quiet but it was just like she wasn't in the forefront of most of the scenes she was in mm-hmm. so seeing her in power at the end it was kind of like she's that badass though you know what i'm saying yeah, when, when like, you first get introduced to her she's in there kicking ass so like she's kinda, now officially a kingpin yeah like she's 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 deserving of that title is what i'm getting at mm-hmm. and uh, they don't need a hint towards her or nothing. She's literally that now, and I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know what we would see her in next, though. I have a working theory. So I think all those uh, Black Widows from Black Widow are going to end up joining or being associated with her. You think so? Yeah, and I don't think she's bad enough to be considered for like the Dark Avengers with like uh, fake Captain Rogers. I don't think she would join them anyways, and I'm glad yeah, they I didn't do that. I don't, I don't want everybody new introduced going to that team you know yeah and she doesn't have the motive for that at all so i don't think because she's cool with her brother who's the only person she really cares about so i don't think he she would do that anyway so i'm glad they left her out but i could see a lot of those black widows joining her army and i think that'd be super cool if we saw that crossover is romanov's sister not the head of that though 
No, she's not she, controlling them. No, she kind of let them go on their own because at the end of the at, at the end of Black Widow, I think they were like, you know, thank you for freeing us. We're gonna go free all the other Black Widows around the world with this red shit. Yeah. So and she was her sister's kind of doing her own thing. I think. Um, I may be wrong on that. Or her sister's working for uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, old, old lady. Yeah, now she's working for Dreyfus for sure. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. There's there's so many unanswered questions, but I mean. What do we got next? Uh, Eternals. Eternals. I'm so mm. I'm getting more hype for that. The more I'm like watching it, and then Spider Man not not too far away after that. Yep. After that, I'm not even gonna go into that because I'm gonna go on a rant. It's gonna make this episode an hour longer. So yeah. So thank you guys for listening. I I, I had fun talking about Shang Chi. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. I just been like I knew in my head I was like every time I brought it up I was like I want to talk about it with somebody. Because yeah. you brought up a lot of good points that I probably didn't think of off the top of my head. So it's good. Thank oh, you for yeah. being here. Thank you for being part of the episode. No problem, man. And I'm uh, excited for future. Uh, and we could also go over like future what if episodes too in the next episode I'm on. Yeah, for and sure. Just, I, I did it this week as well. I'm starting to review all those because those episodes are getting good. The last episode? Did you like that one? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was good. I had some issues with it, but I thought it was all right. I'll give you my opinion on the next episode of the uh, fuck X Fun Podcast. Well, you already talked about it on the X Fun Podcast. Well, I'll bring it up again on the Plus, X Fun Podcast. Plus, by the next time you're over, it'll probably be a new episode out. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you guys Monday. Have a good weekend and bye. Bye.